Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate. Hello and a very good morning to you. I'm Ali Bally. This is Scotland's Talking for a Sunday morning. On the programme today, tell me, what do you think of the plans to have another 500 police officers across Scotland armed with taser electric shock weapons? The Deputy Chief Constable is telling us it's because more of their officers are coming under attack. It's a regrettable part of modern life. Um, would we prefer to avoid it? Yes, but actually there's some things that we need to do to protect ourselves and protect the public. They also want to change the rules so that the crews of armed response vehicles can be sent to deal with run-of-the-mill incidents. How do you feel about that? I'm also looking for your reactions to the changes to income tax in Scotland. Finance Secretary Derek Mackay has lowered the rate by a penny for the lowest earners, but put it up for anyone earning over £33,000. This government's approach, endorsed by the electorate, is the right thing to do for our economy, for jobs and public services. Do you mind giving up more of your hard-earned cash to pay for public services and a pay rise for workers? And the behaviour of kids at primary school is getting worse, according to a survey of teachers. They're pointing the finger of blame at social media and the parents for the way they're bringing up their kids. Are they right? Give us a call on those subjects. We're coming to them soon. Treble 3 2020 401. This is Scotland's Talking. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. So here we are then, looking for your opinions on various subjects today, plus any other business a little later on in the programme where you can throw in the little pebbles into the water, anything at all you want to raise, then we'd love to hear from you. It's the final Scotland's Talking of 2017. And we start off today, what do you think of the move by Police Scotland to increase the number of officers who will be carrying taser electric shock devices? The force announced on Thursday that another 500 officers will be trained to use them in response to what they say are an increasing number of attacks whilst they're on duty. Now, there have been nearly a 1,000 incidents so far this year, and that's up by more than a fifth on last year. So it's about safety for them and, they say, for us as well. They'll be deployed across all divisions in Scotland, so in rural areas as well as big towns and cities. Deputy Chief Constable Johnny Gwynn spoke to our reporter Hope Webb for Scotland's Talking. The big benefit is if there's a particularly violent offender, um, traditionally we need to be up close and personal to uh, calm them down if they don't respond to um, uh, verbal instructions. Uh, this allows a standoff distance of uh, quite a few feet and allows them to, if the offender is not compliant and clearly presenting a threat to the officer or other members of the public, uh, to deploy taser, provided they think that's a proportionate judgement and that's in the discretion of the officer in line with their training at the time. And these are conventional officers that will be getting a hold of these tasers? Absolutely. These are the officers who will come to your house or mine to deal with the housebreaking tonight. Um, they'll be volunteers, they'll apply, we'll have to select and train. Uh, they'll be sh on shift panda cars, that, as, as we already have right across Scotland. They'll just be given a small number of them, 500 of them, some extra equipment to protect the public, protect themselves and protect their colleagues. And you mentioned in your talk that, I mean, millions has been lost, you know, in days off from officers who have been assaulted. This is obviously something that is, is really affecting the force. Well, an officer who loses time at work because they've been injured, uh, that's a tragedy for two reasons. Number one, 
Um, they've come to work not expecting to be assaulted and they've gone home with an injury. Um, nobody should have to put up with that, albeit we do sign up to deal with, uh, with violence. Um, and secondly, that officer may not be available for a period of days or weeks to serve the public. That's uh, a loss of time and support to whatever demands happen to present in a particular community. So um, my, my interest here is about making sure as many people are available to serve the public across Scotland, but also I'm passionately interested in protecting our officers as they stand between us and harm. They stand in the gap every day and we need to equip them better. A lot of people may say that you know, seeing more armed officers around or what looks like armed officers is a scary thought, a frightening thought. Um, I mean, what would be your, your thoughts on that? So the officer with a taser, as you rightly say, that is not a firearm. Um, it's a regrettable part of modern life. Um, would we prefer to avoid it? Yes. But actually, there's some things that we need to do to protect ourselves and protect the public. Um, people should be reassured, though. These officers will be very highly trained to a national standard, which is accepted right across the UK. They have to requalify every year. Um, so it's not it's not just uh, there's a taser away off and we never see you again. They are They will be... Um, continually reviewed and their deployments will be continually reviewed and if they use the weapon uh, then actually the Police Independent Review Commissioner will have a locus in scrutinising that that was used appropriately and I think that is appropriate that um, this is different but actually we will be held to account for our use of it. Tell us about the announcement then with the armed vehicles. So separately um, we are announcing that uh, a change in the deployment posture for armed response vehicles. At the moment there is only a limit to the sort of calls they can, there's a limit to the sort of calls they can go to. Um, they can't go to what we might call conventional calls. We've actually uh, been reviewing that and um, in discussions with the Chief Constable he was keen and the HMI has been keen since 2014 in their inspection that we look at using these officers better. They're highly trained police officers who just happen to carry a firearm. Um, so we are going to uh, see them go to calls which involve a need for speed it might be the nearest, the nearest police response to you or I when we need the police it happens to be uh, an ARV, an armed response vehicle. Uh, we'd like, if there's a need for speed, perhaps we've been involved in a road accident or there's a medical moment and the ambulance can't get there, why not send an armed response vehicle? It just so happens they happen to carry a firearm. Deputy Chief Constable Johnny Gwynn speaking there to a reporter, Hope Webb for Scotland Stockings. So how do you feel about armed police turning up at the scene of a road crash or a medical emergency or indeed a domestic incident? The force says it's all about maximising public safety. Does it look like that to you? Or do you think we're being taken down the road to an armed police force by stealth? Hope also spoke to Kate Nevins, the Scottish director of Amnesty International, who has concerns about more officers carrying the Taser stun guns. So the Taser X2 that these um, officers are going to be equipped with, um, like all tasers, are potentially lethal weapons, uh, very dangerous, can inflict um, fatal uh, fatalities as well as injuries, really serious injuries. So one of the, the our, our first reaction at Amnesty really is to just ensure that any officers that are equipped with these tasers are properly trained and that the weapons are used in, uh, to the toughest and highest professional standards, essentially. So it concerns you knowing that these uh, weapons are out there and they can be, can be used on, on any individual that may get into that situation? 
Yes, I think I think the concern is um, absolutely that not not just that there are only very specific situations and circumstances where these weapons should be used. So they should really only be used in circumstances where there's a clear threat to life and someone's in danger, which can include police officers or it can include um, the suspect or perpetrator that's in danger. Um, uh, and that if it, any tasers are used, that we we have the highest professional standards in place to train the officers using them, to monitor their use, and to evaluate the use of uh, the use of the tasers. Is this something that you guys have spoken out about before? Been quite against for a while now. Um, yes, it's definitely something that we 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 monitor closely. Um, both the use of tasers and of spit hoods uh, by the the Scottish Police Force. Um, so it's something we de- definitely had an eye on for a, a few years. And I guess, um, you know, Police Scotland says that this is in order to tackle a growing number of attacks on police officers. It means that, uh, you know, when you are dealing with an individual, you don't have to get as close to them. I mean, what would your response to that be? Yeah, well, we obviously, as Amnesty International, we recognise the concer- concerns around safety of police officers in our communities. Um, but it wasn't... Um, while our concern is that... Um, the officers are trained in the uh, best use of the taser and that it, the officers only use them in very specific circumstances. It's also something to think about whether um, further equipping equipping more police officers um, with any kind of weapon is actually going to do a, a be of benefit to their relationships with their communities. Um, so I think there's a question there as to whether this is the best approach for... Um, Keeping police officers safe, if actually what we might uh, want to be looking at is, is actually resourcing uh, the police enough to have those relationships with the communities that, that we'd want to see. Mm. So what do you think then? Uh, an extra 500 officers with a taser stun gun, being trained in them anyway, and armed response vehicles turning up to a road accident or indeed a domestic in a house, uh, does it matter? at the end of the day, whether it's an armed response vehicle or just a normal cop who's going about in the patrol car or happens to be out in foot. You know, if you need if you need some help, that's why you call the police, isn't it? You know, you, you dial 999 because there is something going on that you need professional help for. Uh, you know, you, you say to yourself, right, OK, we're in a situation here. Let's take a car accident. You're in a car accident, you phone and you ask for the police. Are you really worried one way or the other whether it's someone uh, that turns up with uh, uh, who's got a gun by their side? Or indeed, if there's an argument going on in the house next door and you know that it's just going too far and that really the police should get involved and try and help and sort it out. Again, does it matter? You know, they are trained police officers. So surely you, you would welcome in that situation, you would welcome the assistance. I think that's the way I would look at it anyway. Uh, And recently I spoke to uh, a serving police officer who had stopped someone in the street uh, regarding an incident. And before he knew where he was, he had a knife uh, being flashed at him. And and he's got a baton, or whatever they call them these days. And, you know, it, that affected that officer for quite some time and had to take some time off work, et cetera, et cetera. He was injured. But, you know, uh, is it right that we are, are expecting the police to protect us and then saying when things like this come up, um, oh, no, we shouldn't be doing that? Should we not be saying, good, 
We welcome it. Let's give because there are some bad guys on the streets. You know, when they go to courts, we all know. You know, we've seen these court cases come up. They get a few months. You know, they're not sent away long enough. They're back out in the street again, and they've benefited from their crimes because for every time they get caught, they'll get off with whatever they're doing. Um, so many times before they come to court, and then then they're out again. So, if it's a violent offender. And the police who are trained in those things, yes, there will be, I know, there will be times that it goes wrong. I accept that. That will happen in all walks of life. But in, in the main, should we not be giving as much assistance to our police officers as we possibly can? You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning, Ali. How are I, you today, then? I'm just recuperating after a night out. <laughs> right. Pensioners. OK. These pensioners, eh? I know. Right. What can we say? Right. What's your I'm thoughts today? I'm just saying that I agree with you about giving the police taser guns. If you're not doing anything wrong, why worry? Mm-hmm. It's all the idiots that's getting them. Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, as I say, there are times that I think it, it will go wrong. You know, the, there will be investigations. Oh, well, everything's like that in the world absolutely, perfect. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, Nothing's perfect. And I do think that if we are expecting the police to come to our help, no matter what it may be, whether it's a, a road accident, whether it's a burglary, or whether it's an assault, we have to give them the means to do that. And Definitely. They, and they shouldn't be walking out their door and, uh, you know, saying to themselves, is this the day I'm going to get stabbed with nothing um, nothing to protect myself well, with? Well, that's why they've got them. It's because that's what's happening nowadays. It's not just punches. It's weapons they're using. So you back up the police and would give them everything you need? Definitely, because I might need their help someday. <laughs> OK, Mary, thank you. Right. Thank right. you, bye-bye now. Just go and rest in a dark corner and you'll be fine. Peter's in air. Hello, Peter. Hello. Good morning. What's your thoughts? Good morning. Yeah, I'd just like to say that everybody has got the right to go to their work and not be assaulted. But when the chips are down, who deserves the phone? The phone, the police. Right. Uh, so the tasers is just there as a deterrent. I dare say they'll, 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 they would be used, you know, they wouldn't be used every call that they go to. But if it's, if it's a threat to the police, then it's there to use. I would, I would say it's definitely OK to use it. Right, right. I, I was, you know, looking through some of the, the press comments and, and, and what people are thinking and Amnesty International's thoughts as well. And, and, and I, you know, there were some negatives about we shouldn't be doing this and, and people turning up to a, a road accident um, with a firearm beside them. Then, then you know, this is this, some of the comments were just over the top. And, and I thought, well, I've been in a couple of road accidents and, and if the nearest to me, to give me some help, the nearest police officers happen to be armed response, that wouldn't bother me at all. You know, I'm, I'm looking for some help. That's right, that's right, and it doesn't matter uh, where that help's coming from. But the next call that that police officer gets after the road accident could be somebody that's getting their life threatened. Mm-hmm. And if you're hanging on with some other kind of police or you're one, the nearest police officer to come to your aid, that's right. You you you, you know you, you're asking for help, and it should be yeah. it should be there as quickly as possible. Uh, I don't know in uh, in our area in the Ayrshire area how many armed police there are. I guess there are two or three in Glasgow now, but I don't know how many armed police we've got in this area. Right. So if you have to wait and a police officer coming 
victory and the year life is a long time to hang on. It is indeed. And at the end of the day, you're saying you don't know how many armed police there are in your area, but do, do you really, are you really that interested? No, no. As I say, I'll be there as a deterrent. And if you got a police officer, as you say, the, the chap you knew, uh, a guy was uh, had a knife and he had a baton. Mm-hmm. And he can pay him off his work because you've got to, the police officers have got to get close to these people. But if they can control the situation for a distance, well, is that not better than than the police officer having to actually go up and physically take the knife off him? Well, uh, good thoughts there. Thank you very much indeed, Peter. Peter's saying yes, you know, um, no problem as far as giving you an extra 500 uh, police officers the the training in uh, using tasers and armed response being turned up at uh, domestic incidents or whatever. What are your thoughts? Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Talking at the moment about plans to have another 500 police across Scotland armed with taser electric shock shock weapons, uh, these devices. Uh, What do you think? Is that right? And indeed to have um, armed response vehicles, officers who uh, have the right to to use firearms and carry them with them uh, to turn up to to normal events. Can you imagine? You know, they're maybe uh, they're, they're they're running around. You know, they're they're sitting in in their cars waiting to be called, and there's an emergency five minutes away from them. Up until now, they're an armed response vehicle, so they wouldn't get involved in that. But they're police officers, so surely their help would be welcome. What is your thoughts? Oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one. Also, in a couple of minutes' time, I'll be asking you what you think about. Um, the standards in schools, and we're not talking about this reports come out from teachers saying that uh, behaviour is getting worse. We're not talking about teenagers, we're talking about the young ones in primary school. More about that in a moment. Neil's first. Hello, Neil. Hello. Good morning to you. Morning. Right, what's your thoughts, Neil? Well, I think you must look at the causes first. The taser, uh, it's a shock and a knife culture that's coming out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Even the school kids are carrying it. Shocking, really. I remember, I'm old enough to remember the 50s and uh, the Reezer gangs in Glasgow. Right. It was really bad. And they brought in Lord Cameron and Lord Cameron and these thugs were them into court looking for a, a wee fine or something. And they got hit two years for carrying a razor. And I couldn't believe it. And uh, five years for using it. Within weeks, there were no razors, no knives in Glasgow. Uh, very few. And uh, it seems that. Uh, down the sentences, the courts are really bad. They hand out sentences for carrying knives. And that. I think right. getting knife courts are down. We wouldn't need the tasers on the street, you know. But as as a society, we seem we have to accept, Neil, don't we, that we are a bit more of a violent society now than we were, as you say. In the 50s, there were razors going about, but there, there was also a slight fear of authority. You know, they, they would um, think twice about attacking a police officer. Now it seems they don't. Yeah, but more and more carrying, so it gives them a bit of bravado. Right. So if they had knives and that, then they'd be totally silent, no? Right. I don't experience what they're like, no? Uh, so you would you would ask the courts to toughen up a bit? Nice, this nice courts have to be stoked, and uh, some heavy sentences handed out, I think. Because uh, I worked in the 50s, I don't see why I wouldn't have worked in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I don't care about embassies, it's... It really stopped some real hard men in the days. So I think it's down to... I'm all for police carrying... I think once the crime rate goes down, they could 
he's down on the day. There's no mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. Something has to be done. Okay, thank you very much, Neil, for, for your thoughts. Uh, Philip, what's yours? Very good morning, Ali. Morning. Morning. Well, uh, the question is, should the police carry tasers? It depends on the situation, Ali. Depends how serious the incident is. I mean, if it's something like a, an armed bank robbery that's in progress, or a street riot, uh, or a terrorist attack, yeah, definitely. But they're going to be carrying these all the time. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't approve of that at all. I don't want to see the streets of Scotland end up like the streets of New York. Okay, so how would you have them if, if, if let's say there is a, an armed bank robbery, you just mentioned that, or, or you know, a, a robbery going on in, in a shop or whatever, yeah. and two policemen turn up without tasers, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, it, we're talking here about giving more officers tasers. Surely mm-hmm. that that is there for the protection. It's up to those officers then to decide whether they use them or not. Well, they've been issued with batons as well, Ali. They've been issued for their protection as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not working. Uh, uh, what makes you say that it's not working? Well, I don't think it's working because there are more and more police officers being injured. Um, there are uh, more uh, criminals on the streets who are um, violent. Mm-hmm. So there's no fear factor there, is there? Well, it's, I, well, like, it's like what our last caller was saying, you know, that, that just maybe something that's needed to do to, to give them a bit, a bit of a shock and say, right, we're going to use this. Well, I honestly think if the police are going to be issued with tasers full time, it's just going to be a step up before they like to bear firearms all the time. Right. And that's what you don't want to see? I don't want to see that at all, Ali. As I said, every incident should be judged on its merits. That's how serious the incident is. So, if if a policeman is walking down an alley and sees someone that is doing something he shouldn't be doing and goes to approach him and this person, male or female, let's face it, they're, they're all at it, uh, this person pulls a knife out in this police officer. Mm-hmm. You think he should be able to, to control that just by his batting in a pair of handcuffs? Well, I was a retail security guard, and we were told, right, don't sacrifice your life. So walk away? Yes. Is that really what we expect of our police officers, to walk away? Well, what would you rather have, a live policeman or a dead one? I'd rather have the criminal being taken out. Well, the risk of a policeman sacrificing his life. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the police are issued with walkie-talkies, right? If, if a situation like that where a lone policeman comes on a knife, a knife person, right, you can get on the radio and contact colleagues. Or if he had a taser with him, he could use it. Well, as I say, I don't, we're heading into a sort of uh, weapons culture here, Ali. As I said, well, that's what I think anyway. As we always say, Philip... The programme is all about opinions. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for yours. Talking about what you think of the plans announced this week to have another 500 police officers across Scotland armed with taser electric shock weapons. And they also want to change the rules so that crews of armed response vehicles can be sent to deal with run-of-the-mill incidents. What's your thoughts? Also want your thoughts on this. Standards of behaviour are getting worse in Scotland schools, we're told. But what might surprise you 
is that it's not the te teenagers who are causing the concern, but the younger ones in primary school. And the teachers are blaming the parents. Are they right? This has come out of the 2016 Behaviour of Scottish Schools survey. The research was carried out by the well-known polling company Ipos Mori. And teachers told them that they've seen an increase in low-level disruption since 2012. Now, we're talking about things like defiance, back chat and refusing to do uh, their work. Um, and when asked what they thought was behind this, the teachers pointed to things like children being exposed to swearing and disrespectful language on social media and changes in the relationship between parents and their kids. They thought that kids had fewer social skills because they have too much screen time and not enough family time. The report also picked up on a wider blame culture in society, saying that when an incident happens, the parents assume it's the fault of the school and not their child. So do you think they're onto something here? Richard Curtis is a child behaviour expert. He calls himself the kid calmer. Very good morning to you, Richard. A very good morning to you. Good. Right. Now, Richard, thank you very much indeed for joining us here on, on this one. Um, where do you see this going then? It, it, you know, they're, they're saying that um, as, as young as primary school children, the teachers are getting a hard time. They're, in fact, one comment I heard the teacher saying is there are some real little horrors. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. This, I mean this. This, this is actually nothing new, um, and, and it's, it's something that, that I've been dealing with for, for, for a few years. Um, if we just look at the context of, of school and education, just for a second, before we talk about some of the wider issues. Okay. Um, what, what we've seen over the last um, ten years or so is we've seen a real reform in educational funding, which has meant and this is picked up in the report actually that meant that actually um, some of the behaviour management strategies that um, schools use, like for example the use of teaching assistants to work maybe one to one with a child with behaviour difficulties or on the autistic spectrum or something like that, actually those options don't exist anymore just because of funding. So what we're actually in terms of what's happening within the education system, we are are actually almost a pivotal point in terms of behaviour management and how you know, and how that actually needs to change for the future alongside some of the wider issues that you've identified in the report and, you know, amongst you know, the changes in society, the changes in screen time. I mean, certainly for young children, screen time has a huge impact on social skills um, and it's actually something that, that I'm, I'm just doing some research on at the moment. Um, but in terms of social development of children, actually... If you don't have that, I'm going to say, uh, non-technology play with other children and things like that, then you're not going to learn the fundamental basics of interpersonal relationships with other children. And so actually, of course, there's going to be more behaviour problems because actually you haven't got the fundamental basics of how to take turns, how to ask for something, how to you know, say please, thank you, how to get along with people, you know, how, how to coexist with people even if you don't like them, all those sorts of things are, are, you know, are fundamental basic skills. To, to good behaviour throughout primary and into secondary. So is the way to handle it then to make, yes, yes, they have screen time, but that screen time is, is timed, so to speak? Yes, absolutely. I'm a very firm advocate, actually. Um, certainly, um, you know, at a very young age, so, so you know, um, you know, up, up until sort of a year or two years, actually, that should be really limited. But I'm a very firm advocate that actually, as children grow, then yes, it, it shouldn't be um, a number of hours a day. Actually, you know, the most it should be is sort of 60 to 90 minutes a day. Now, unfortunately, 
what's happened to, to, to us as adults um, is, is that we've kind of just got in, into the habit of, you know, we'll go home, switch the TV on and just potter around with, with the TV on. And so it's kind of become a, a, a learnt issue for, for us as adults, which we've then passed on to our kids. You know, it's just normal to have the TV on in the background. Hmm. So uh, I'd like to bring in, in a moment, Dr. Simon Hunter. Uh, Richard, if you can, stay with us for a second. We've got a quick break and I'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. We're talking at the moment about standards of behaviour in Scotland's primary schools. Let me bring in now uh, Dr Simon Hunter, uh, an expert in psychology at Strathclyde University. Simon, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, what, what is your take on this then? What, what, is it the parents or, or is it just society and the, the society we're living in? Uh, well, I, I agree with some of the things that Richard was saying. Uh, I know that he picked up on the fact that the report had mentioned that there are fewer um, additional supports, needs, um, resources. And, you know, if there are, are young people who really need extra support in classrooms, then that might well be something that's uh, playing a part in some of the, the results here, but I think I think for me, looking at the report, there were uh, actually really good um, good news stories here. I mean, there were 99% of the head teachers in primary schools saying that all or most pupils were were generally well behaved during lessons, and and that was picked up by about 87% of teachers. So, you know, I think here we're not we're not saying that there are lots of children who are disruptive or problematic. Actually. Uh, you know, there's a lot of children who are behaving very, very well, um, and that these aren't such big problems. Um, I think the other thing was this issue of whether uh, screen time or, or social media is leading to these low-level disruptive behaviours that the, the, the teachers are mentioning. Um, and I think, you know, from this report, it's it's really difficult to to draw that conclusion just because the, you know the teachers don't know how much screen time the children are getting. Um, mm-hmm. Is it children who are engaging in more screen time who are actually engaging in these disruptive behaviours. Um, so, you know, we're not clear there, and, and certainly the research evidence that I'm, I'm aware of suggests that screen time and different types of screen time don't have very much effect on, on children uh, and young people um, at all, really, the, the, the best evidence that we've got at the moment. Right. Um, Richard, would you, would you agree with um, uh, Simon's thoughts? Yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of um, in terms of what's what's in the report, there, there, there's it's not possible to draw links um, from 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 what's happening at home and um, and things like screen time and things like that to 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 the the behaviours they're talking about. Um, and, and obviously, um, you know, the the, the the research that I'm doing at the moment is obviously unpublished, so so it's very hard to be able to talk talk about what you know what what that relates to. But yes, I mean, generally at the moment, actually. The broad, the broad opinion amongst the professionals um, that I talk to is, is is very much that there's so many factors that unless you're doing research that actually um, you know combines the, um, interviews with teachers with interviews with parents, mm-hmm. then it's going to be very hard to, to link the two. Right. Okay. So, in these headlines, then that uh, we're reading from this report, Simon, you would say it's. I think from what I hear you're saying, you're thinking it's not as bad as the headlines are saying. I don't think so. Uh, you know, they mentioned that there are these low-level disruptive behaviours. Um, an example to give are things like talking out of turn, um, hindering other pupils by distracting them, um, delaying starting work and things. And and you know, these are all things that 
might have an impact on on the kind of daily interactions in the in the classrooms, but they're not they're not um, you know majorly disruptive um, behaviours. And I think that the report itself mentions that in primary school there's been no change in the past 10 years in levels of physical aggression and violence between pupils, and that's actually reduced in secondary school. So you know, I think there's a lot of, of um, good news stories here in a, in a time when, you know, we've, over that same period we've gone through austerity. There's, you know, parents and families no doubt have have um, gone through a lot of, um, you know, there's been a lot of problems, um, and, and, and the fact that we're not seeing uh, a huge impact in schools in terms of that more serious behaviour, I think, is a, is a positive story. Right. I probably over the last year have been in schools two or three times doing different things, uh, talks or whatever, or, or just you know, just being there. And, and I have to say that um, school classes, primary and uh, secondary, seem a happier place to be than when I was at school. And yet, you know, I'm just looking at some of the comments that are coming in on social media here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to take a, belt, uh, a bet on when the first person would come in and say, bring back the belt. And it's, it's happened, you know. Um, but a lot of people saying that, uh, you know, the discipline isn't there that used to be there. But I, I, I actually found, um, you know, it, it, it's, it surprised me pleasantly that the, the, the teachers were of a different era than going back to the the 60s and those that are many uh, are commenting on it at the moment. Uh, is it a happy place to be a, 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 in school? Are teachers taught differently, Simon? Um, well, I, I mean, I'm no expert on, on teacher training, but I, I think your, some of your observations are right there, that, and they're backed up by this report, you know, that, that there's there's not um, swathes of children who are engaging in, in bad behaviour in schools at all. It's um, generally a very positive uh, picture, and, and um, you know there's going to be challenges that, that the young people are facing. But I don't think that that you know that, that bringing back the belt, for example, is something that we that we need to see in schools at mm. all. Mm. Richard, um, again, what's your findings? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that this report did draw out was that actually teachers perceive behaviour to be better if they were in um, a good ethos, if the school had a good ethos. So it does go back to, um, it goes back to things like leadership, it goes back to things like expectations and all the rest of it, because actually these are the fundamental um, the basics of support that are around a class teacher. Now, um, teacher training has definitely changed. Um, so I'm a qualified teacher as my background. Right, okay. um, teacher training has very definitely changed over the last, I mean it's changed since I trained and that's, that's 20 odd years ago. Um, now, what we're seeing now is a lot more emphasis on senior, senior leadership in schools putting in systems in order to be able to put, um, provide that support for their staff um, so that actually the, the staff feel empowered. And what this report does show you is that for those teachers who feel that they are, have got that support, they feel that the behaviour is less in their classrooms. Interesting, and one that will continue into the next hour with your calls. Richard Curtis, a child behaviour expert, and Dr Simon Hunter, expert in psychology at Strathclyde University. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And of course, uh, the phone lines are there if you'd like to comment on that. Lots coming in on social media as well. Uh, <laughs> the uh, um, text number is 61054. Start your message with Ali. The telephone number is 033 2020 uh, You can come in on either 
either of those two. Uh, as I say, quite a few coming in regarding uh, behaviour and also on the uh, police carrying taser guns. So we'll come to more of that. And in the next hour, we'll be talking finance and into the Scottish budget. Are you happy with some of your money being used for uh, to pay public services and a pay rise for workers? Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Quite a few calls coming in and comments on both the arming the police with tasers and also uh, primary school children as well. Uh, let me just uh, say here one that comes in from Fiona. She says, any interaction we've had with the police lately goes to show that they sit in stations waiting for people to report crimes, come to them with evidence and statements that they can't be bothered to pass on to the courts. You're obviously having a problem with them, then, obviously. Yep, uh, thanks for your comments. Here's one from Margaret Mason. Uh, oh, we're going to the children in primary school. Social media has a lot to blame for the way some children are today. And then Michael Russell says, yes, and adults as well. Oh, so they're all coming in with it there. And we've got Brian Smith that says, 100% yes to Taser's Alley. All police officers need to be better protected. Uh, Andrina Hood says, I listen with surprise to some of the thoughts on both armed officers and police officers with tasers. First, the point on armed officers attending normal non-weapon related crimes. What's the issue? Armed police officers do not always carry their weapons. They are locked in a gun safe in their car. So when they get out, they're not carrying them. They are police officers, so I hope that if and when I need them, they will attend. Second, tasers, police officers are highly trained and licensed professionals, so they will act accordingly. OK, Andrina, take that on board. But if the guns are locked away in a safe in the car, why is it not that long ago that there were armed policemen walking around McDonald's in Inverness? Why did they need their guns in McDonald's? So I can see why people are concerned. And uh, let's go on the phone lines. And it's Lillis who's in Kirkintilloch. Hello, Lillis. Uh, good morning, Ali. Good morning to you. Your point then? Um, it's the tasers. I mean, in my opinion, this, this should have been thought of many years ago. Um, because the perpetrators are on the increase. They are carrying guns now. They're carrying knives. And why shouldn't our police force um, try to protect themselves from these perpetrators? I mean, we, we, we will never become uh, a gun culture in Scotland. That will never happen. Um, but they have to protect themselves. These, peoples are hand these people are handpicked. Mm -hmm. um, to use these tasers. They will get plenty of training. I mean, our Scottish force are clever. They know what they're doing. And and they, how many of our, our police officers have been injured um, in the past years toward these, these hooligans? And no, I certainly agree that um, the ta there, there should be more tasers handed out to police officers who are trained with them and that is their protection should they go into a squabble, as it were, of these stupid young idiots who carry knives and guns. No, um, I'm 100% for the Taser Alley. 
Okay, Lilith, that's good. You, you've come with your thoughts. Mandy Peters is here with another thought. She says the simple answer is no. So Lilith says yes. Mandy says no. They should not be giving out these tasers to more police as it's already been well documented that these weapons are being used too loosely. They can be fatally used on people in certain health issues and should be banned full stop. Thank you, Mandy, for your thoughts as well. Uh, let's go to John. Hello, John. Good morning, Ali. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing fine, thanks. I was just a wee bit late getting on to you, onto your, uh, your, your question time there. Uh, when I switched on, I'm saying, oh, I'm police. I'm saying, oh, good. About time to get the, get the, the ran all our police with guns. And then when I was listening, I went, I was laughing myself, a taser. I went, taser's a toy. you got all these, excuse me, and you've got to get phone calls about this, but all the scumbags that go about with knives and weapons, they're not out there. You're not there to tickle you. One stab, you're dead. As you're seriously injured. You shouldn't be a, you shouldn't be a problem with arming our police. And I mean arming them. No, mm. no, with tasers. Tasers. If they've right. got a gun, tasers. Time to get the taser, not, you're dead. Arm the police. We've got too many spineless folks saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. There's nothing the matter with police going about carrying guns. When you're talking about, John, uh, police going about with guns, are you talking about all police? Yes, of course. What, what's, what's the problem with it? You go, well, oh, police have got guns, good. I feel safe. But there's, there's too many jumping, too many do-gooders and spineless folk going about, oh, they've got guns and that, uh, contact the lawyers and all this, and bump, they, want to, uh, they want to sue. They've been, how uh, can I put it, they've been... Uh, the, but the, you know, they've been affected by, by somebody carrying, you know, a policeman yeah. carrying a gun. Well, what crap. I'm just thinking that there must be police officers, though, who didn't sign up to carry guns. So not every police officer would want to carry a gun, but they, they, they are asking, you know, the, the, for the taser situation. Um, we were hearing from the deputy earlier on, and he was saying that they will they will volunteer to carry tasers and then they will be trained to a, to a high standard. So surely a, a, a taser is a good middle case to carry. I suppose it's just like a probably just be a, a wee bit better than a baton. You know what I mean? A baton's not going to stop somebody with a gun. But a taser, yeah. mate. Oh, yes, of course, aye. I, I might, aye, because you're going to be, you need to be held a click. Mm. Taser, taser and a gun, I don't think there's, there's no, no comparison, no. by the way. I, I, nah, I, I, I understand not. that. I understand yeah. that, yeah. But, um, so, you, as far as you're concerned, forget the tasers, arm all policemen. Yes, John. Uh, yes, Ali. Of, of, of course, it's, I think it's a no-brainer. Do you know what I mean? There are just too many folks that know you can, and this and that. There are too many, too many spineless folk about. That's in a nutshell. OK, thank you very much indeed, John. That's his thoughts. What are yours? 033-2020-401 is the number. Um, just going back to, we were talking about uh, behaviour in schools and primary schools in particular. And here's one from Sally. Sally says, Ali, what do they expect when they can't discipline them? A smack never did us any harm. And she's talking about in the household because this uh, report from teachers comes out and blames social media and also uh, the parents, uh, parent upbringing. Well, that's, you know, it's one thing that you don't really get taught at school, isn't it? I always said that there should be um, classes in in finance, in how to con how to uh, work out a household budget, and there also should be parenting classes as well, because we've got a lot of young uh, parents 
who just all of a sudden find themselves, you know, parents. There's no classes. <clears throat> so, might be right with that one. Sally, thank you. Uh, 14 minutes now after 11. Keep your calls coming in on those subjects. I'd also like to ask you if you were a winner or a loser from the changes to income tax in the Scottish budget last week. What do you think about the system in Scotland now, looking very different to the rest of the UK? Are you happy with that? Should we be different from the UK? The Finance Secretary, Derek Mackay, says that most Scots will pay less despite increasing charges for higher earners. But it's reckoned a million people will end up paying more. Will you be among them? So how does it work? Well, I'm trying, I'm trying here. Uh, the plan is for there to be five bands. Instead of just one basic rate of 20 pence, what will happen is that once you earn more than £24,000, it increases to 21 pence. But there will be a new Scottish starter rate of 19 pence, which everyone will pay on the first £2,000 of taxable income. Still with me? Derek Mackay says that means that you won't start paying more until you're bringing in more than £33,000. And the upper rates are also being increased by a penny, going up from 41 pence and 46 pence. Our political correspondent Alan Smith has been discussing it with Mr Mackay for Scotland's Talking. I believe it's a very good budget for Scotland. It will mean that 70% of taxpayers pay less. It will mean that we raise revenues uh, for public services, so that's more for the NHS, over £400 million more for the NHS, uh, more for education, uh, more for police and fire. And of course, uh, supporting the economy is really important too, so there's a massive uplift in support for the economy to deliver growth and ensure that we can ensure that we've got a fair society. And I can say that Scotland will now be the fairest taxed part of the UK. Could you be doing more for councils? Uh, local government will have a very fair settlement. Essentially, they'll have flat cash, which uh, means that if they use their council tax powers to raise council tax by up to 3%, they'll have a real terms increase in the resources that they have. So this is a fair settlement for local government. You know, they were forecasting a reduction of £300 million. That hasn't happened. They've got more money rather than less. Obviously, you'll need some support to get this budget through Parliament. Uh, from the signs in, in, in there in the chamber, it seems like the Greens are most clo are closest to you, but they want more cash for councils. Well, I've invested more in public services. It's a fair deal uh, for uh, local government. In terms of taxation, it's now the fairest tax part of, of the UK, as I say, with uh, progressive taxation. These are all things that I'm sure the Greens would uh, support. But I would also say that this is a very progressive budget and I think that it will get a lot of uh, support from across the chamber and consensus. And that's what I've tried to do, recognising we are a minority government, but I believe that this is a budget that they can support. And obviously the big focus is on uh, these income tax, these new bans. Uh, lots of, of, of people kind of put on over the figures, but the, the, the figure you're putting out there is if you earn 33,000 or less, you're not paying any more. If you earn up to £33,000, you're paying less in income tax. That means that 70% of taxpayers in Scotland will pay less. And for a majority of taxpayers, this is the uh, lowest tax part of the UK. So it's a fair package, one that invests in public services, health, education, the economy, the environment, and in business uh, too. 
and I think that that will be uh, warmly welcomed. Just finally then, you have set out your draft budget proposals. What happens now? Do you go round the grounds? Do they have to come to you now? Do you, do you have to strike a deal somewhere? I'm a fair and reasonable guy, so I'm looking forward to opposition members uh, engaging with me constructively. I've started to talk to the other parties. My door is open. I want to strike a deal. I want to deliver stability, a stimulus and sustainability. Our political correspondent, Alan Smith, chatting there to uh, Mr Mackay on Sc for Scotland's Talking. And just listening to that, you know, what gets me there is that um, in, in one sentence he's saying that uh, you will pay less in circum certain circumstances, but he then says it's up to the councils to increase the community charge if that's what they want to do. So once these councils do that, and, and many will have to do that to pay for the services, they'll be taking it out of our pockets again. So any money that we may have gained from uh, Mr Mackay's budget will be taken away by our council tax going up. And then, of course, Mr Mackay can say, well, it wasn't me, it was the councils. The Tories are calling it attack an attack on middle earners. This was their finance spokesman, Murdo Fraser's response in the chamber on Thursday. This failure to grow the Scottish economy and the failure to expand the tax base that leads the SNP to put their hands into the pockets of hard-working Scottish families and businesses to try and bail them out of the mess they are making of the Scottish public finances. And not only, presiding officer, will we see taxes rise, but once again, we are seeing cuts to local government. The frontline services that millions of families depend upon, not least in our schools, will be slashed back at the same time as taxes are going up. Under the SNP, we all pay more, but we are getting less in return. So, presiding officer, the message of this budget is simply this. Don't be ambitious. Don't be hardworking. Don't be successful in the SNP Scotland because we will penalise you for our failure to grow the Scottish economy. Murdo Fraser there. The Finance Secretary says that these changes will bring in an extra £164 million. Some of that will go into a 3% pay rise for public sector workers who earn less than £30,000 and less for higher earners. And our local councils who've been pleading poverty will see their funding increase by £94 million. So, if you're going to be worse off, is that a price worth paying? And will there be consequences from Scotland having a different tax system to the rest of the UK? What are your thoughts? Here's the number, 0333 2020 401. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. Uh, just uh, some more coming in on social media, and we'll go to Adam in a moment. Uh, here's one that says, Ali, not any of your experts mentioned that sometimes, and what we're talking about children's behaviour in classes here in primary school, sometimes it's not the child's fault. Ailments they suffer from plays a big part in their behaviour. ADHD is only one. Uh, some teachers are not trained how to handle the situation. Been there, and that comes from a gran. Gran, I think one of them did, actually. Uh, one of them suggested that with... Um, not enough support teachers for uh, pupils who had conditions like ADHD. Uh, that, that was causing an effect in the classrooms as well. So I think they did cover that, but I take your point. Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Adam, good, good morning to you. Good morning, Ali. Your thoughts then? What do you want to talk about first of all? I'd like to speak about the chap on earlier on there, uh, either uh, ex or was in security. 
and he was uh, talking about the police uh, no using tasers, use their patents. Uh, you brought a scenario up to him, somebody in a lane with a knife, and he's saying, I just turn about and walk away. I mean, the guy's talking nonsense. I mean, the, the police are out there, as far as I'm concerned, they're uh, entitled to carry a taser. So they're, I mean, their, their safety's paramount to uh, I mean, there's situations where they've got to uh, bring something to an end quick and then just taser them that puts the guy out the, out the way. But they're not carrying tasers. Their job's uh, hard enough. I mean, they're police assaults. I mean, otherwise, can these guys just go to pr be protected? And as far as I'm concerned, the, the tasers should be part of their, their uh, kit. Yes, I mean, we know they've got stab vests, they've got other things, you know, but the, the taser as, as a general um, sight on a police officer in the streets of Scotland doesn't seem a bad thing to me. And, you know, no, not at all. I mean, as I say, if, uh, I've watched all the programmes, the television, the other things where police are getting attacked and that, and there's situations there where the police are lying around getting let up and, the sidekicks trying to get them off. And, I mean, the tasers there, these tasers them that debilitates them. Can put and that, them that, that then puts the police officer back ah, in control, ah, doesn't ah, it? It's a no-brainer. I mean, it shouldn't even be discussing the, uh, oh, don't use the taser or this. And, I mean, that guy that was going to say, I've got a baton. I mean, he's no real, that guy. And plus the fact he'd walk away. The police had to get the luxury of walking away for things. You know, and it's paramount that they are protected at all times and it's uh, there should be no issue with it there should be issues with our tasers uh, and again there's, there's uh, a lot less police in the street now Kim, I mean, mm -hmm. so, I mean they've got to be protected as far as I'm concerned it's a no-brainer Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Adam, for your thoughts. Uh, you can have yours, of course. Oh, triple three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. Text number is six one oh five four. Start your message with Ali, please, and that makes sure it gets straight through to me. That's six one oh five four if you're texting, and then Ali, then your message, then your thoughts. A L L Y is the Ali, and you can email Ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. Hashtag Scotland's talking on Twitter. A few then coming through. Uh, Ian's in Pennycook. Hello, Ian. Hi, 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 Ali. Hi, Ian. Hi, Willie. Uh, how we doing? How we doing? I'm fine, 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 fine. I'm fine. Ali, I've not been on the phone for a few weeks, but I'm always listening. I'm always listening. That's been great. Ali, uh, it's a wee bit about tax. Okay. Now it's not about the. Uh, it's not about what Derek Mackay's uh, uh, with budget and all this sort of stuff. I got a phone call a few weeks back there, and uh, this this was this was it was honestly it was it was spine chilling. It was frightening. Uh, this was uh, an Australian uh, last that was on the phone, and uh, she t she was telling me that, that I was due the tax man just short, uh, HMRC, mm -hmm. uh, I was due the tax man just short of £3,000, so we're talking about two eight or something like that. Right. And honestly, this last presented herself very, very well. It was like somebody tried... <laughs> Dare I say, I maybe we turned by saying this, like somebody tried to sell you double glazing and you didn't need double glazing. Right, okay. Now, now this, this, this person, honestly, all the stats and all this sort of stuff, right, we've been in touch with you twice before, you've not responded, we've even put a sticker on your front door. I said, look, I said, I've not had anything like this. Ah, we have, we have, we have. And then we, and we put a sticker on it, and we, and we've been in touch with you before, we've phoned you, you're, you're not responding, you're not responding, you're due us £3,000. 
okay, aye, aye, fine, fine. So it's it's, it's frightening to get someone like this. So uh, then she says, uh, right, how are you going to pay this? How are you going to pay this? Uh, have you got that much money in the bank? And by the way, if you don't pay it, we're going to take you to... Have you got a lawyer? Uh, I says, well, no, really, no, no. Okay, then, right, we're going to take you to court. We're going to take this, we're going to take that, we're going to take the next thing, uh, and you could get fined £35,000. Okay, right, right, right. Can I just say now, though, this has to be a scam, isn't it? Well, it is. I, I'm getting to that eventually. Oh, I'm right, getting right. to that. I just, want but, to say, but, I just want to say, you know, I'm only here till 12. <laughs> just right, Ali, to, any, any time today would be fine. Still. Any time today would be fine. Right. <laughs> this uh, this person presented herself very very well. Where's your nearest uh, Where's your nearest Tesco? You can pay the Tesco. I says it's five minutes walk. Where's the nearest Where's your nearest bank? I says ten fifteen minutes walk. Right. Don't tell the bank why you're doing this. Okay, okay. Right. So, but this Ali, this was so impressive. I went up to the citizens' advice in Pennycook and I says to them, I says, and they assured me it was a total scam, and they suggested I go to the police station, so I had a telephone number, contact number, and all that. Went to the police, gave them all the details, and I, I, I got a, an incident number and all the rest of it. I just like to hope that there are people out there that didn't get brainwashed and, and didn't, get to, uh, didn't get put in a spot, that they pay the cash to these individuals, because honestly, it's it's... Uh, when, when they come and hit you with this, Ali, it's spine-chilling, and I'm no, I'm no joking. It's no, true. no, I, I'm, I'm sure it could. You're, you're right. You, you had your wits about you and that you knew something wasn't quite right. But there will be people uh, that they prey on, particularly the elderly, where... Ali, you know, they'll be making an absolute fortune on this. They're just sitting in the house. Only, if, only, if people, only if people are daft enough to pay it. Well, that's true, that's true. You know, and and I I would hope, and I, I thank you for for giving you know the, the story seriously because uh, you know people that just might uh they might get a phone call and as I say, Ali, this this last presented still very very well and and uh, right we want a copy of your driving license if you got a passport what no what no this and and, and you're 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 humming and hawing and all the rest of it. But I mean, <laughs> I think it, I think it's 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 a lesson here as well from the banks who always say they will never never ask you for your pin number over the phone. I am fairly certain that uh, the tax man or woman uh, would not be asking you for money over the phone. You know, it would come through in writing, and they wouldn't certainly wouldn't be asking you to go down and pay into your local Tesco, but don't tell your bank. Uh, it's sure everybody out there, Ali. It's a scam, and I wouldn't want anybody. Well, doesn't matter whether it's Christmas time or no, but to uh, just to get uh, brainwashed and stuck in a corner. Uh, and coughing out this cash. It's just a shame. OK, Ian, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy spending that three grand on Christmas now. Uh, let's go to John. Hi, John. Good morning, Ali. How it are is, you, It is morning, John. <laughs> a couple of times I've been I'm, calling I'm, myself here today. Is this afternoon? No, it's morning. Right, John, no, what's your point morning. today, then? Right, well, I've got two points, Ali. The first point I would like to make is about the police force and being armed. I agree that they need tasers. I, I, I agree with that. Um, to go further than that with arms, I'm totally against it. Now, the reason why I'm totally against it is because in the past, we have the case with the yellow mini. Man was shot with armed police. Wasn't he him? Almost killed him. 
We have the case with the guy on the underground, rucksack on his back, going to his work, shot, killed, stone dead. They make too many mistakes, Ali, because we're not a gun culture. And it doesn't matter the training that you get, you will never be a gun culture because it's just not in our system. So I think that it's not a clever idea. Yes, tasers, restrain people, stop them from doing what they're doing, it's fine. Guns, no. Uh, and that's my reasoning for it. I always go with back history. Okay. And that's that's only the cases that I know about. I'm quite sure there's an awful lot more cases that I don't know about. And that's just off the top of my head. The second point that I'm wanting to make today is I listened to a Tory minister there or someone talking about the income tax. And I understand, Ali, that everybody has to pay tax. We need to keep the country going. I do understand that. What I don't understand is this is a Tory minister whose government is sitting back letting the very wealthy, which was just in the news a couple of weeks ago, invest in money abroad so that they can avoid tax. Lords and peers avoiding tax and being shown the road by the, the very government that are turning around and saying, we need to pay the tax because we need to keep the country going. Why don't they spend the time sorting these loopholes out when, when there's a law about the television or television licences and they find a loophole in it? Bang, it's through the commons and sorted instantly, within weeks. And yet these laws are still left lying. These people are still cheating the tax man out of billions. No millions, billions. They could help us. Why is it always the working man that's getting hammered, Alex? So your message to to the Conservative Party, who are, um, as, as you're saying, they, the, they're saying that the Scots are being hammered with uh, this new tax, is sort your own house out first? Yes, sort these peers and these lords and all these highfalutin people who are investing billions abroad and fiddling the tax man out of billions. See if you want to fiddle the tax man, don't stay in the country. Get out of the country. Go away. We don't want to know you. We're better living without you. Lords and peers avoiding inheritance tax because there's a loophole there and a wee Tory MP or somebody in the Commons saying there's the way to do it there and that's the way to do it there because that's why they're there so you can avoid paying tax. Shut it down, Nally. Get it sorted. OK, John, thank you for your call. It's all about opinions. Joseph, what's yours? Well, Ali, just what John said there, it's not just in England. Scotland's got the same problem with your big... Uh, country mansions and their, their estates is, is doing the same thing, so it's not just the Tories in London that's causing the problem. You've got a Scottish government here. The council tax, <coughs> excuse me, Ali, <coughs> the council tax was the biggest thing thing that should be never, <coughs> excuse me, Ali, <coughs> That's all right, that's okay. <laughs> Are you better now? <coughs> oh, no, he's not better. Right, okay, here's one from uh, Donnie that says, if I'm innocent, and this is a Twitter, if I'm innocent, then I have no issues with the police carrying taser. It helps protect me and my family. So that's uh, one on Twitter. Another one on Twitter coming in. Uh, while I'm happy for the police to carry tasers in dangerous situations, arming them for no reason of any imminent danger would only serve to make us suspicious about their intentions. Thank you, Jonathan, for that. Uh, Joseph, how are yes, you feeling? Are you OK now? Yeah, but uh, just a wee bit of sausage. I was eating there, Alex. <laughs> Right, that, I would really want to know that. Right, right. come on, get on with it. Yes, well, I'm saying you just can't blame the Tories in the Westminster Alley for 
a lot of problems here in Scotland. This is where a lot of people get the wrong thing about it. We've got a government here that's not doing their job properly. I mean, the council tax for a start should never have been stopped. That's where your big problem lies, Ali. We all your council will get uh, around the country where jobs uh, at stake and people can't get a rise. That's where the problem lies. The, the streets are not getting cleaned properly. They don't even come out with the salt properly to do the, the, the weather just now. We used to have a, a, a pallet of salt, bags of salt, left down at the concierge. Uh, but everybody's having to cut, cut back. Go and buy your own salt. Aye, but I'm saying that it used to be done through our council tax. But element. it's not anymore because they don't have the money. Go aye. and buy it yourself if you aye. want to. Well, I mean, I'm, I've got salt here, Ali. I do, a lot of people do that. But, got the thing. but the point about Ali is, is that some don't need to get through and say, look, this has been caused years ago, not just now. So the problem lies with the Scottish government. Then the same problem is done in Westminster. They just don't get their job done right. Okay, Joseph, thank you. Coming up next on Scotland's Talkin', any other business? That's it. The phone lines are open for anything. Still quite a few coming through on the police, on the tasers, on the council tax as well, and a few on social media on the uh, badly behaved children at primary schools. But if there's anything else you would like to raise on the final Scotland's uh, talking for 2017, then get in touch now. The phone line number is 0333 2020 401. Scotland's talking. The podcast. Yes to both, says Alistair in Fife. Uh, tasers and guns, good luck to them. No break the law, no need for the police, so you shouldn't be frightened. Any other business? When I had a car, I always put on winter wheels. You mean winter tyres, right, OK. From late November through to March, uh, given the icy weather. Surely it should be law for drivers to do this nowadays. Jim. Fix, fix that into your any other business. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I do, Jim, and it's a good move, it certainly is, but not everybody can afford to buy another set of tyres and store them for the winter, etc. We're just not a nation that's used to doing that. Um, but take your point. Thank you for that. Uh, where are we going next? Fred, how are you doing? How are you doing, Ali? I'll no be bad. very quick. I'll, thanks very much for taking my call. Ali, my mother-in-law, 90 years old, last week, very, very ill. Um, tried to get the G-Docs, uh, they didn't come out. Saturday morning she was gravely ill, uh, they still wouldn't come out. Uh, Monday, the doctor came on the Monday and said this woman needs to go to hospital immediately. Um, said to the son-in-law, have you got a car? And he said yes, um, because I can't guarantee when an ambulance would come, it might take several hours. Um, he got this woman out of her bed dressed her as best she could, bundled her into the car and up to Forrester Hill where he had to leave her in the car to go in, get a wheelchair, come right back, get her into the wheelchair, get her into the hospital. That was on the Monday morning. The family were all called at 7 o'clock on the Tuesday morning. She had taken a very serious uh, about turn and uh, everybody had to be there in, in case the worst happened. She has rallied a little bit, but... That is absolutely disgusting that we, in a situation like that, Ali. I've got is nothing, it, I guess. In it, fact, Ali, if I could quickly say, when we saw the staff and everything in there, they are absolutely fabulous people. They really work hard, and it's a shame that the wages they get, etc. I just cetera, can't, under I can't understand, Fred, why the emergency doctor service would twice call to a lady of that age and wouldn't come out. Yep. Wouldn't happen, Ali. 
Well, that's absolutely astonishing, isn't it? Yes. Something needs, you know, your MP or your MSP needs to be taking that up, Fred. Thank you very much indeed uh, for, for coming on with that. Um, but we are into the last five minutes or so of the programme. But surely, surely if you call an emeritus, G-Docs, isn't it, in, in uh, that area in, in, in Aberdeen, and, and if Fred or his family phone them and say, look, this is, this is necessary, this, this should be coming out. That's what they're there for. Why is that not happening? Fred, start asking questions. Thank you. Dorothy, how are you? Good morning, Ali. Good to hear you. Thank you. I'm going to change the topic a wee bit. Good. It's spot the gritter here in Aberdeenshire. Right, OK. Um, I know the gritters and the council do a wonderful job under the resources they have, but the situation in Turriff and Aberdeenshire and all the surrounding areas, we have had appalling levels of snow here. And the, the, even the main roads haven't been very well gritted. Uh, it's entries, entries to uh, sheltered housing, um, it's pavements where there's elderly sheltered housing as well, it, libraries, um, every, everywhere, townhouses, all along our elderly street here with elderly neighbours. It's been shocking and shambolic. It's, it's a case again, isn't it, of, of as you say, resources. I mean, I, I was driving yesterday, early morning, going to a coffee morning um, in Montrose for Scottish Charity and Ambulance, and there were, I spotted three or four, no, three, three gritters on the road in in the journey that I had. So they were out there, you know. But Well, they, they might be out there, Ali, but nobody... Some people are lazy, and, and there's not many people now take pride in their work now, Ali. Uh, you know, there was, there was, there's, there's um, tubs of salt on every corner nearly, and if people would just even... They're filled to the brim. And well, that comes down to the community, doesn't it? It does. If everybody gritted and took part and helped their own area and their own streets and back pavements, things would be a lot better. You, and, and, and I must get in. I must get in this little bit. I must thank all the emergency services, especially the paramedics and ambulance and fire and police, who are doing a marvellous job in these situations. And we're very fortunate. It's the it's the anniversary of our NHS here in Britain uh, this month, and the, our NHS is an icon and a, a world a world. It's, it's the envy of the world. Mm. I must say, we're very fortunate here, Ali. We are. I mean, it's, you know, in, the, in our health service, etc. yes, it's lacking in resources in some yeah, areas, yeah, but, you know, we are yeah. demanding more of it. Yeah. You know, where does the money come from, etc. But, Indeed. you know, when I, you know, when people come on, I, I think the gritters, main roads, yes, that's great, and if they yeah, have time, they yeah. can get out into the side roads. Yeah. But, you know, went out, well... No, the other half went out and bought been, some bags of salt. Poor, but I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm not saying it's just been a wee bit poor. You said think, it was worse than a wee bit poor well, when you come well, on, make up your mind, well, woman. Well, I think it could have been better, Ali. <laughs> have a nice Christmas. And you too, Dorothy. All the best bye, to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Now, Bruce is in Forford. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Ali. Good morning. Good morning to you. Your point it, today, please. It's just a, a, a plea to all parents and teachers and the community in general in Forfar to persuade their children to stay off four for lock ice. I, I persuaded three youngsters to get off the ice yesterday, one of whom was uh, 100 feet out into the ice. Had he been joined by the other two, one of whom was quite weighty, they would have all gone into the ice. 
So please, please, keep children off the ice. It's still very tempting for them, isn't it? They think it's a little ice rink. Um, absolutely, but there are hot spots in the ice uh, where it is very thin, quite near the outlets. And uh, I say the the um, one of the youngsters was within two or three feet of a, a very thin area of ice. So please be careful. That is the thing. Thank you very much indeed, Bruce, for that piece of advice. Let me just catch up on some of the other comments about subjects that we've been talking about uh, that are coming in. About bad behaviour in primary school, says Liz, I think some of the blame should rest at home, as if the child is being allowed to do what they like at home, because some parents want, will quite reflect on the behaviour in class. And that seems to be what the, the teachers are saying in this report, saying that, you know, that they, they can get the, the young Youngsters, and this is primary school youngsters we're talking about, uh, back chatting and various other things, but they, they get them sort of on an even keel. Then the weekend comes and they come back on Monday and they're just as bad again. You know, that's, and, and holidays, when they're off on holidays, then the same thing happens. They, they come and, you know, it's... Um, it's causing problems for uh, the, the, the school teachers. Here's another one that says, was it a good idea that the belt was manned? We used to shudder at the thought and behaved. But I did get several times for stupid things, but it was a deterrent, says Gregor. All right, that's his opinion, and he's uh, agree. Uh, you know, he's, he's quite right to, to make his opinion. And, and a few have come in, as I said, we had predicted when we started talking about this. Uh, a few have come in saying, bring back the belt. So thank you very much indeed for all your comments this morning. I think that's it. I'm just checking that I've covered most of them. Uh, I've tried to get around as, as many of the comments as possible. Um, certainly taken them on. Lots coming in through my, my Facebook as well. So that's it for Scotland's Talking for 2017. Uh, we will be back in the new year. But don't worry, I shall be here next Sunday from 10 o'clock with uh, lovely Christmas music. So whatever you're doing, whether you're wrapping your parcels or you're pottering around, whatever you're doing, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I look forward to being here from 10 o'clock. Whatever you're doing over the festive period, please do take it easy. Uh, drive safely if you're going out and about. Watch, there's quite a bit of ice around the roads as well. And I'm back tomorrow morning with the mid-morning show with the Ali Bally show from 10 through until 2 as well. So I'm not going anywhere, but just no Scotland's talking for a couple of Sundays. Enjoy your weekend. Bye-bye now.